0: Listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie Truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au G'day and welcome to episode 92 of On The Road. As always, it's great to have you along for the ride. On this week's show, Mike catches up with one of the real legends of Aussie trucking, even though he hates being called that. Yes, we're joined by iconic industry identity Bob McMillan, who talks about trucks, semi-retirement and the annual reunion otherwise known as the Festival of Transport at the Road Transport Hall of Fame in Alice Springs. Country music star and operator of the Catherine Outback Experience, Tom Curtin, drops by for a yarn about his music and his hectic life in the Northern Territory Outback. We've got all the latest from the -the on-the-road newsroom, and later in something to talk about, Mike looks at our changing world in transport in this country. Plus, there's more great new music from Amber Lawrence. Good thing you're here. We'd hate to have started the show without you. So
1: let's get this show on the road. Yes, get over it.
2: Hey, I'm Yogi from Outback Truckers. and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when
3: we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of trucking classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address Big Rig Radio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com.
2: It's my very great pleasure to welcome back to On The Road Podcast. Industry identity, former rider, owner driver, truck driver, stirrer, (laughs) All things good in trucking, and a holder of our trucking history in his hot little hands, Bob McMillan, welcome back to the show, mate. Yeah,
4: thank you, Mike. How are you today?
2: I'm wonderful, wonderful. Struggled not to call you a legend, but I know that you didn't want me to call you a legend, so...
4: No, that doesn't sit well with me, I'm afraid, (laughs) because they haven't put me under the ground yet.
2: So when we do your eulogy, mate, is it all right to call you a legend then? Is that... I probably won't be
4: able to come back up and object, will I? <laughs> you won't
2: care, you reckon?
4: <laughs> no, no, it'll be care factor zero. That's for sure, Mike.
2: <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I saw your dial in the magazine there the other day or on Facebook or something. You were sort of looking pretty happy beside a Legend SAR, mate. What was the story with that?
4: Yeah, well, you know, those Legend SARs and the Legend 950s and Legend 900s before them, they are real legends. Hmm. My mate, Sam thirty. His dad and I have been mates since we were both six years old and Sam and Rachel were in business in Townsville, a very nice little show going there and he invited me to be his guest to go to Melbourne and pick up the new legend and we had a little bit of a zigzag home and caught up with a couple of people and plenty of inquiries. The original plan was to do the Kenworth tour but they're not happening at the moment with the COVID restrictions and stuff. But anyway, the rest of it was really good. I had a lovely time and it got me out of the house and caught up with a few memories here and there.
2: I reckon there would have been some big zigzags, not little zigzags.
4: Well, depends how you design (laughs) zigzags, I suppose, mate. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, the beer was cold and the food was hot and I was happy.
2: Well, that's about all that matters these days, isn't it, mate?
4: Well, it is when you're semi-retired, mate, for sure.
2: Mate, I wanted to have a bit of a chat with you about the Road Transport Hall of Fame in Alice Springs. Now, we both know that they've got a bit of a do-on there at the end of August. Yes,
4: as they do every year apart from the year it was cancelled.
2: Yeah, so the 26th, 27th and 28th of August, we've got the do there at the National Road Transport Historical Society and the old Gann Historical Society Hall of Fame in Alice Springs. And that's when we do the inductions to the Shell Rimula Hall of Fame and the Wall of Fame. And That's right. Mate, you're all going to be there for that this time, aren't you? Yes.
4: Well, I've been an attendee every year that it's happened since 2010, I think, from memory. Mm. And to me, it's a sacred place. You know, they call it the Festival of Transport now, but we've always called it the annual reunion in Alice Springs. So call it what you will, it's just a chance for old faces to get together. And I've never failed to be surprised every year I've gone. There's always people you don't expect to see again or you never thought you might see again, and they turn up just like bad pennies, just like we all did at Robbie's Roadhouse or (laughs) the Border Gate, Kygoon, or wherever we caught up with old mates on the road. It's a bit of a time warp, really. It's it's really beautiful. I love it.
2: Yeah, well, I can imagine there'd be a few identities over there. I'll tell you, there's certainly some interesting old trucks over there we'll look at. Oh, yes, and the Kenworth Hall of
4: Fame, you know, it's everyone's favourite destination, but plenty of us made a quid and had a lot of fun in trucks up of than Kenworths, mm. and there's plenty represented there. So, you know, there's something for everybody there if they haven't been before, and there's something about the place that makes old wrecks like me want to keep going back.
2: Yeah, it's one of the places I've never been, you know. I've always promised myself I was going to go. And-
4: well, you're invited this year, Mike. Get the order to send you, <laughs> mate.
2: I'll try and make it over there.
4: Yeah, please do. Well, that we could do with some good coverage from an unbiased journalist.
2: <laughs> good on you. <laughs> I do my best. I do struggle to get time to get to some of these things there a long way away because I'm still driving full-time. It makes it a little yeah. bit hard, you know.
4: Well, I was still driving full-time till the end of 2019, mate, and I've made every one since 2010, so I'm not going to listen to that excuse, Mike.
2: You don't like it? Nope. You won't buy it?
4: No, I won't buy it at all, mate. No, you can do this.
2: I can. Yes, you can. I can.
4: As can many others, and you know I understand those that aren't well enough or have other limitations upon them, but I just can't emphasise enough what a wonderful experience it is, and part of its success is that the number of people here continue to turn up. Yeah, because nothing succeeds like success, and if no one turns up, it won't succeed. but they're all part of the fabric and the history of one of the most undervalued industries in Australia.
2: Well, it's a fairly rich tapestry that we've got. We've been fairly inclusive over the years. I mean, there have been all sorts of people come into the industry and added their little bit. The industry that I work in today is very different to what it used to be. There's no doubt about that. There does need to be a central place, a repository of the history, and I think probably no place better.
4: Well, some of the great innovators, that some of the people with the great vision they had, especially early in the industry's history, and even up to this day with the likes of Kenworth and their legend series, Mm. they deserve to be recognised in a permanent and lasting way. And that's what's happening in Alice Springs, mate. Geographically, it's great because it's sort of fairly equidistant to most people in Australia. And climatically, it's great because stuff doesn't deteriorate like it does on the coast in the humidity.
2: Yeah, it's a good environment. Well, they stored a heck of a lot of planes out there, didn't they, when they weren't flying them around? Yeah, they had them out there. And
4: you know the best part about it? Mm-hmm. The beer tastes better out there.
2: Mate, I've never actually had a beer in Alice Springs. Well, there's another reason you need to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've nearly got me talked into it. I'll have to organise a day off and fly over. Well,
4: I hope there's a few that are listening are tempted as well, Mike.
2: Well... I suppose it's only a quick flight from Sydney, isn't it? And I'd get over there and... Yeah,
4: well, I drive over these days because I enjoy a few
2: days off out in the desert on the way over and the way back.
5: Mm.
4: But I've flown to it from all over the place, you know, and my working life. Like it depended where I was a couple of days before, whether I flew from Adelaide or Perth or Sydney or... Yeah. But I managed to get there all those years and I'm very much richer for the experience and for having caught up with so many great
2: people. I promise you this, Bob, I'll have a look at it and I'll see if I can get it to work for me. If I can, I'll be there.
4: All right. Well, that's great, Mike. Anyone who can make it, they won't be sorry
2: they tried. That's the scary part, mate. If I get over there, I'll probably run into blokes I know, and I'll end up buying beers all over the place. That'll be the problem.
4: Oh, well, everyone shouts back, you know. (laughs) That's part of the fun.
2: (laughs) I'd like to be able to actually walk back onto the plane rather than be poured back onto the plane.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like, <laughs> we get a bit of a mixture over there. We get plenty of old school. Hmm. But, you know, we need the young people to come along too, mate. Yeah. Like, the sons and grandsons of the pioneers. They're just as important as us old wrecks are. for somebody to carry it on when we go. Yeah.
2: We're going to throw to a break when you hear from one of our fantastic sponsors, and we'll come back.
0: There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page.
2: Tell you what, there's some iconic trucks out there, mate. That grey ghosts out there, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's a grey ghost in the Kenworth shed. It's actually gone somewhere on a float this week. I think it'll be back for the reunion. It's, I think it's gone to the release for the K220. Oh, righto. Mm, yeah, it was a picture of it the other day on a float heading somewhere. Okay. On a drop deck. Yeah, but no, it lives there and there's a very iconic video done by Baker Boy and Kerry Kenworth about it. That plays on the video at the Kenworth Hall of Fame or you can pick it up on YouTube. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: There's some great history out there, mate. You just bump into people you didn't think you'd ever see again or you weren't sure when you'd see them again and you make new friends and meet new people and... People come up to me and say, Oh, you're the bloke that used to ride in the truck and life, eh? I say, Yeah, that's me.
2: That's you. <laughs> well, you and I have spoken to each other a few times now, and you know, we've never met face to face, so that's probably another good reason for I'd get over there.
4: I really think it is, Mike, yes. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I'd love to have a beer with
2: you, mate. Oh, I'd love to have a beer with you, too. Okay,
4: well, see how you go, but. The main reason I wanted to speak about it was that the Hall's a little bit shy on volunteers this year, I've been told. Right. There's a young lady named Dee who you can talk to on the Hall's landline phone number. She's a volunteer, but her and her husband are both there volunteering, and she's a very lovely person to speak to, and she's doing the organising. They haven't got it out on the broad-scope media as much as they'd like to because they've just been a little bit inundated. So it's mainly being talked about on Facebook. Yeah. Not everyone's on Facebook. Not everyone likes Facebook. and Not everyone's even got a computer these days as much as you'd think they did the way things are dealt with. Yeah. So it's just nice to have another way of telling everyone about it. I did speak to Dee and she said that she'd be happy for me to tell anyone I could tell.
2: Well, I'm more than happy to share the information around, but if people want to go and have a bit of a look, go to roadtransporthall.com. That's the webpage. That's right. And there is the information, all the contact information there. You can even camp there, apparently.
4: Yeah, you can. You have to book in and the volunteers get priority for camping, mm. but there are campsites that are available for people who just want to go for the reunion or whatever. Yeah. In really big years when there's been thousands and thousands go, the council's opened up the showground and all sorts of things. You know, like the town likes to accommodate us if they can.
2: It is one of those things that does become an event, I'm sure. And Yes, yeah. I would like to think that anyone that gets the opportunity wants to go. It's one of those things, I promised myself I was going to go and the company I work for, we do loads of chemical from the East Coast actually to Alice Springs. Yes. And I've done that job and I thought oh, I promised myself I'd go to the Hall of Fame while I was there. Yes. Well, you know what trucking's like sometimes, Bob the Buddy Truck takes over and yeah. you don't get to see, you drive all over the country, you don't see a damn thing sometimes.
4: That is an important thing to remember. It is open all year round, Mm.
2: and if people can't make to the reunion,
4: it's still supporting the place by calling in any other time of the year. But there's just the reunion or the Festival of Transport, as they call it now. It's a really great experience, mate, and I can only recommend it to anyone who hasn't tried it at all and only hope that a lot of my old mates that have been there a few times like I have can make it back there with me.
2: Well, all right, mate. I'll see you there then, I suppose. (laughs) Well, I can't wait (laughs) Bring a few with you, mate You know some of my mates I do You know who to invite I'll leave it up to you I'll drag a few of them along. We'll see what we can do. I'll certainly take my missus there. You know, she did a few miles with me in the truck. My missus didn't.
4: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, it's not only for boats.
2: (laughs) No, no. Well, we did two up across the paddock there for three and a half years, me and mine.
4: Right, and you're still together.
2: Yeah, I'm still alive.
4: Wow. Which
2: is a surprise.
4: (laughs) What a survivor. (laughs) I had enough trouble living with myself in the cab of a truck.
2: Yeah, I can tell you, mate, me and the missus and the dog in a cab of a K200 big cab. Uh good on you, mate. I, I admire you for that. Good on you. Oh, I think I was lucky, mate. I was I was very, very lucky. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell anyone else. This is a secret just between you and me, right? All right.
4: No one else is listening. I
2: know that. No one else is listening? No, no. She actually positions a truck on the road better than me. Oh, I know.
4: Can she back a D-double better than you?
2: Uh, I don't know about back it better than me. She can certainly back one, though.
4: Okay, yeah, well, I've got a mate. I'm about the only one he's ever told that his wife can back a B-double better than him, but she can. Hmm. But anyway, that's what happens when you train people properly.
2: Mate, when we used to go and load over in Perth at the nursery, yeah. sometimes you had to back round a corner, 90-degree corner on the left, yeah. and she could do it in one or two shots. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have too much to complain about, mate. She was good to work with.
4: No, that's right. Yeah, well, at least you knew the job was going to be done in your absence. <laughs>
2: She didn't need me. That's all I can say. (laughs) 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 All right, mate. While I've got you. Yes. Thanks for sending me that book too. The Razorback book I've read through. It was a bit of a page turner. Oh, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome.
4: It gets you in, doesn't it?
2: Mate, it does. And I tell you what, Ted certainly let a few blokes have a couple of barrels there from time to time throughout the book. Well, you told everyone I was a sh**sterer. Ted was an expert at it. I learnt from him. (laughs) He's one of the people, you know, if I could sit down for five minutes and have a bit of a chat, it wouldn't be five minutes either knowing me. I'll guarantee that, yeah. (laughs) If I could sit down and have a bit of a chat with half a dozen people, he'd be one of the blokes I'd choose to have a chat with, you know, Ted.
4: Yeah, well, I miss him like crazy, mate. Yeah. We didn't even always agree on everything, but we knew how to agree to disagree and remain friends.
2: That's the key, isn't it? Yes, and the
4: thing is, he deserves the respect of everyone in this industry for standing up to be counted as he did and the other four blokes with him. Yeah. And you and I have a couple of those.
2: Well, yeah, I, I work with Barry and Spencer lives just up the road. Yeah, yeah. Trying to find Jack Hibbert. I believe he's still about.
4: Yeah, he's still about. I've heard that. I haven't seen him for a long, long time.
2: I know. So if anyone knows where Jack is, please tell him I'm looking for him.
4: <laughs> Get a life, Jack. Come out to Alice Springs and say good day.
2: In a good way though, not in a bad way, <laughs> just in a good in a good way.
4: Yeah, no, I know that.
2: And, he's a treasure jack, but he's always been a pretty private sort of a bloke, so yep, yep. you have to respect that too, mate. You do indeed, you do indeed. Yeah, so that's all part of life. That is. Yeah. Mate, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, and I'll put a few reminders out in the weeks leading up to it. Yes, please. that would be great. I suppose i better get on the Virgin website and see if I can get a long-term booking discount for a plane ticket.
4: Well, that'd be worth a try, I reckon.
2: <laughs> it... <laughs> Use
4: up a few velocity points, mate.
2: That'll do me. Yeah, that'll work. on, mate. I'll see you there for a beer, Bob.
4: Good on you, Mike. I can't wait.
2: Righto, mate. See ya. Yeah mate, all the best. Well that was Bob McMillan and uh, it looks like I'm going to the Hall of Fame for the reunion. That's August 26th through 28th. So there you go, you ought to come out and have a look and say good day, and we'll see you there.
0: Kermie here from Trucking with Kirby. I listen to On The Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kumi on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you.
2: You over there, Andy? Yeah, and mate. Got you go, Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. (laughs) It's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailers. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate.
0: This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to (laughs) www.qr.com.au. Our special Aussie music guest this week is a musician and entertainer who also happens to be a renowned horse rider and businessman living and working in the outback. Early in his career, he split his time between touring around Australia with a host of top level Aussie country music artists and training horses throughout the Northern Territory and In 2013, he launched the Catherine Outback Experience, a tourist venture that celebrates life on the land, mixing horsework with working dog demonstrations, live music and humorous bush tales. His Catherine-based business keeps him busy from April right through to the end of October, and then for the rest of the year, he and his team tour Australia with the horses, the dogs and the music. After a decade's absence from the recording studio, he released his third album in 2017 called Territory Time followed by another album in 2020 called we're still here he's set to release his fifth album a little later in the year and this month has released a new single that will be on the album called why we live out here which we'll hear shortly but before we do i caught up with him on the phone this week to ask him about his amazing career and lifestyle it's my pleasure to introduce to you mr tom Curtin. G'day, Tom. Thanks for joining us on the road.
3: Oh, no worries at all, mate. Thanks for having us.
0: It's our pleasure. Mate, you pretty much exploded onto the music scene back in 2004 with your first album, Smack Bang, and you toured the country with some of the biggest names in Aussie country music. But then, within a few years, you decided to step away from music to establish a new business. That must have been a hard decision to make, given the success you were experiencing.
3: Yeah, it was, mate. I love the music, I love the songwriting, and, yeah, it was really hard to step away. But I just thought, well, you know, I've got an opportunity to really get something up and going here, but it's going to take more than just a few hours a week. So I really put my head down and I thought, well, my gut feeling was a lot of the listeners would have also been very loyal fans over the years. Yeah. So I thought if I came back down the track, hopefully they would still remember me. And that's what sort of happened. So I did that and we set up this Catherine Outback Experience, which is just an Outback show up here in Catherine showcasing horses and dogs and how I've trained them over the last sort of 25 years. So I intertwined that with a bit of songwriting and the music as well. And so, yeah, it was very daunting at first, but a few long hours and things and it's slowly coming to shape.
0: Yeah. Now, you returned to the music scene, as you were saying before, in 2017 with a new album and that attracted a heap of awards. Since then, you've been juggling your time between your music career and the business. How do you manage to keep doing both and doing them both so well?
3: Basically, I don't really watch much TV. <laughs> I get up at about three thirty, four in the morning, still training horses for people. I find that's a really good therapy session for me. Sure. I used to ride 20 horses a day, so I've cut it back to about four or five clients' horses that I'm training early in the morning. Right. And then I head back in for a bit of brekkie with my wife and a couple of kids, and then depending on what's going on during the day and things like that, But I'd really like to get back into festivals and doing those festivals and traveling, just doing the singing component. But at the moment, we've got a lot of contracts up here with tour buses and school camps and things like that coming through and a lot of grey nomads and functions coming through. Because some guy a few years ago said, hey, Tom, why don't you ride your horse around playing a guitar? (laughs) And I'd never done it. He said, I'll give you a few beers if you can do it. So I did that. And and he said, stand up on a horse and another bloke said "And, and sing a song. So. It's sort of a bit tricky because I've developed a bit of a show. We start off with horse breaking and starting component of a wild horse. You've got to try to catch and saddle and possibly even ride. Wow. And then we've got about 15 working dogs all in different ages of training. Yeah. And then a bit of a liberty where all these horses lie down and things like that. And then I've got to ride a horse around playing a guitar and things. So to get other people in and get them trained up. So I've had, in the last couple of years, I've trained a few girls up to train in those special fields of working dogs and in the actual starting a young horse. You're right. But I haven't met anyone yet that can play the guitar and ride the horse, and that's the trickiest thing, to get another double in with me so that I can get out for a holiday or I can go for the Gimpy Music Master or something like that. Yeah. So it is a bit tricky, but it's all the work in progress.
0: Well, mate, I'd offer to help you because I play guitar, but to me, being on a horse is like being alive five or six foot off the ground. So <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be much used to you, I'm afraid. <laughs>
3: I'll just keep unearthing someone and I'm sure there'll be someone out the other, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Now, during the cooler months, it's all systems go with the Catherine Outback experience. And then I note in the warmer months, the show hits the road. Now, that must be a heck of a logistics challenge because you're moving all the animals, the gear and all the people.
3: Yeah, that's right. We've got a truck with about 10 horses and 10 dogs and three goats and pulls a caravan and wow. got another few vehicles and things like music gear and the other musos. So.
0: Well, mate, you've got to tell those musos to stop being so fussy. Stick them in with the goats. <laughs> that'll do. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, that's right. We've done it last five years over the summer months and we've just come back from WA tour, six-month tour. I did about 50 shows in all the regional towns and things like that. Wow. So definitely the animals are the number one priority. Yeah. But we do cover a lot of miles, and but I've just worked out that if you can just, even between shows, we'd probably do three shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows, and they only put them about three hours apart, so the horses have got limited travel, you know, compared to vast distances. Yeah. I'm planning now for the next East Coast tour in October. We head to Cairns and down the East Coast all the way to Melbourne and South Australia, so it's pretty full on, but it's a great challenge.
0: Yeah. Mate, how can our listeners find out more about you, your music and the Catherine Outback experience? Where online can they go to find all that out?
3: Yeah, well, I've got two websites. So the tourism website, Catherine Outback Experience, is on there with all our details and shows and also do horse riding as well if they're coming through Catherine. Mm-hmm. And then my website is just tomcurtain.com.au, spelled like a window curtain. Yep. Yeah, and it's got the new releases and things like that. The people can buy CDs online. I could send them out to them, signed and things like that. And the new album should be out mid-October, so we'll be taking orders for that one.
0: Fantastic. Well, mate, sadly we're out of time, but thanks for finding the time to come and play on the road with us. It's been great chatting with you.
3: Yeah, no worries, mate. I really appreciate it. And you've got a great thing going there yourself, mate, so keep it going.
0: Thanks, buddy. We will. Now, just before we finish up here and play your new single, can you please introduce the song for us?
3: Yeah, well, here's a song. I overheard a 14-year-old boy talking to his dad as he passed through, and he sort of said, Dad, why would anyone want to live out here? And I had a bit of a chuckle to myself and I thought, man, that's actually a pretty cool title for a song. So I went back and teamed up with a good mate, Matt Scullion, who was travelling through the region at the time and we sat down on a Sunday afternoon and we came up with this one called Why We Live Out Here.
0: Thanks, Tom. Stay safe, mate.
3: No worries, Andy. Thanks so much for that, mate. Appreciate it.
1: The carbon co-twitch And the rush of the tail From the crack of wind It's cooling off
3: G'day everyone, this is Tom Curtin, and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy.
0: For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au G'day Mike, Are you driving through any snow yet, mate? It's a bit cold.
2: No, mate, I'm not driving through any snow, but I did try to sleep at in the other night. It was a little bit chilly, two degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I was rugged up like the Michelin man and still cold.
0: I believe it too. Mm. Did you hear during the week about the bloke that was doing a car transporter run from Sydney to Brisbane?
2: No.
0: He had a load of three of those <laughs> dreadful Toyota Priuses on board. Right. As if that wasn't embarrassing enough. Yeah. Anyway, he, he parked out the back of a roadhouse along the way and went in for a feed. When he came back out to his truck, his jaw hit the ground. Guess what he found?
2: What did he find?
0: Some callous bastard had put another one on there.
2: That's
0: just rude, isn't it? It is. Well, I was going to say Commodores, but I thought I'd better change it to Prius. <laughs> no one likes Priuses, so there you go. Well,
2: I know a bloke who owns a Ford and it couldn't start. so <laughs> I don't know who that was.
0: Yeah, well, I heard he just spent about 300 bucks getting a new starter motor put in it. Anyway.
2: Big Saw Repair Daily, mate. Yeah, that's it. Such
0: is life. Kicking on in. According to the National Road Transport Association, every household in New South Wales will be paying out more for their necessities thanks to the state government excluding small businesses with heavy vehicles from its new toll rebate scheme.
2: Yeah, you just got to wonder about these tolls, don't you? Mm. Who's got a picture of someone in bed with a pig? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Not me. No, I don't have the picture either. I mean, they're making the rebates available for some owners, but not for others, and larger trucks... To not make it available for everyone's just parsicle. I mean it's either a rebate or not. Mm. There's a couple of things to think about here, mate. The first thing is most people don't realise the amount of money people that own heavy vehicles actually spend in registration. Yep. You know, when I was paying registration for my own, it was like fourteen thousand dollars a year just to register the prime mover.
5: Yeah.
2: I think we're entitled to a little bit of a rebate maybe. Mm. Specifically when you think about the fact that we're compelled to use these toll roads, because if we don't, they take pictures of us and send us fines. I've gone on about this forever. Mm. Did we mean to start on this story? Did I pick this one to go first?
0: I think you might have, yeah.
2: And wind me up for the rest of the bloody news,
0: mate. (laughs) We can ease out from here. Don't we? Yeah.
2: Oh, dear, oh, dear. Old Davidson said Nat Road had sent a message to the government when it appeared before the Parliamentary Committee into tolls in September last year, Mm. and that proposed variable toll rates. I've got a proposal for them as well.
5: I bet you have.
2: Oh, yeah, mate, I've got lots. (laughs) When you're sitting in one of these car parks called a toll road, as you are every day on the M7 in the afternoon and in the morning, Hmm. perhaps if we put the tolls on a sliding scale, if you're getting what you pay for, you pay the full toll. Yep. But if you're not, then you don't pay. Why should we pay for what we don't get?
0: Hmm.
2: Bloody toll roads. I hate the damn things.
0: Maybe they should make it like a gold coin donation.
2: (laughs) Gold coin? Throw the corn at them.
0: You reckon a buck might be a bit much?
2: Yeah, the buck's too much. But you want to know the good bit? They've capped the rebate at 750 bucks a year. I know blokes that are spending that every other day. Yeah. It's a joke. A sick, sick joke.
0: Yeah. Outback trucker's identity, Steve Graham, has stated that owner-operators who are already feeling the pinch of rising fuel costs are going to find things even more difficult in coming weeks.
2: Yeah, they are, and... I'm going to say this straight up. Hmm. If your truck business is relying on a fuel rebate to make a profit,
0: You're in trouble.
2: then you're already coasted. Yeah. Simply put, I don't think this rebate's coming back. Hmm. I really don't think that that's going to happen. The fuel rebate's been reduced to virtually nil. Yep. What used to happen is that those of us who are owner drivers or company people will know, but for those who don't know, you would claim your rebate on your fuel every quarter with your big business activity statement. Yep. And a lot of businesses use that to offset their GST. Mm. So it's one of those things that it's a compulsory saving scheme for the want of a better description. Yeah. And of course, now that we're not going to get the rebate, well, the people are going to have to actually come up with the money. Yeah. Old mate Steve says his average fuel burn is one point two kilometres to litre. It's a triple road train. I mean, <laughs> mm. that's about what you'd expect. Mm. And fuel's got up $0.40 cents a litre, so it's costing him an extra 4400 bucks to go to Darwin yeah. just in fuel. So go there to the bigrigs.com.au webpage and have a bit of a look and read the story. But as I've said, I don't think that the rebate's coming back. I think people have to look at that. I suppose the silver lining on the cloud is that the loads are always going to be there to be moved. Mm. Perhaps the conversation we should be having is not about fuel rebates, but about rates.
0: Yep. Well, the, the other upside to it is I think they've got a picture of Steve Graham on there, haven't they? They do. They do. He's a good-looking rooster, isn't he?
2: Well, He's not a bad-looking rooster, and he's got his pup there and everything as well, so, yeah. Happy days. Happy days.
0: Mate, not one to shy away from a good fight for all the right reasons. Our old mate Wes Walker at the Gatton Pads in Queensland has taken on Queensland Transport once again
2: <laughs> over more
0: shortcomings with the botched line marking at the facility.
2: I tell you what, you just don't want to annoy old mate, Wes, do you?
0: I'm glad we're on his good side. I really am.
2: So am I. Mm. He's had the protests about the absent of toilet facilities and all the rest of it. Been on a current affair. He's been on our show. Mm. He had to go at just about anyone and everyone. Mm. And you know he's got some points. You can't say that he's wrong. No. What he's saying is common sense, and you would like to think that people that run transport companies and, and organise yards would think about painting a few lines on the ground. It's not that hard. Yep. And it makes such a difference to the way the space gets used because people have an idea of where they can put things, you know? Mm. And blokes leaving dollies all over the place. Apart from the fact that they haven't marked it. Mm. Look, without putting too fine a point on it, there are some truck drivers out there that really don't think about what they're doing and sometimes how that impacts on others. We know that to be true. Yeah. You know, some blokes don't really give a shit about anyone else.
0: Well, fortunately, those blokes don't listen to this show, so it's all right.
2: Well, that's right. Yeah. You know, and he's talking about time limits on the facility. Let's face it, we don't have endless space everyone deserves a fair go. Mm. So, as I say, go and have a read of the story on the bigriggs.com.au webpage. He knows what he's talking about. I really do think that he's got a lot of good points and there are a lot of people out there that are thanking west for standing up yep. and taking the fight to the people it needs to be taken to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit sad, mate, in this day and age with all the trucking industry associations and things we've got yep. that it takes one sole disability pensioner to sit put on the site and make things happen.
2: That's right.
0: Yeah. Mm. 100%. So, mate, last Friday, an enthusiastic crowd of dealers, customers and industry partners attended the eagerly awaited launch in Brisbane of the new Kenworth K220 cabover model.
2: They did. I've seen the video and and everything. I mean, it's a nice-looking bit of gear. There's no doubt about that. I'm not so sure about the dashboard layout, though. Geez.
0: Well, it hasn't got a bonnet.
2: No, well, it hasn't got a bonnet either. There is that. Mm. There's plenty of room in the cab, though. One bloke was I was sitting down and we were watching the video, and he said, "Geez, man, I might as well just go and buy a Volvo."
5: Mm.
2: I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of little minor cosmetic changes. I mean, they've obviously they've got the new gearbox. You know, it's all optimised for the Cummins X15 engine. Mm. There's a lot of nice stuff there. It's got a lot of the similar look about it to the old K200. They've deleted the windows over the roof and they've changed the line a little bit, made it a little bit more aerodynamic. Hmm. They reckon it's 4% more aerodynamic and that's going to put a little bit of extra money in the pocket by decreasing the fuel burn. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to make a profit out of that, though.
0: Not 4%, no. No.
2: But, yeah, the instrument panels and, and, and the overall look inside the truck, it's significantly different to what we've been used to. Hmm. But this is what Kenworth do. They change the aesthetics of a truck. Yep. the the basic shape, the basic design, and when it's still a cab over
5: Hmm.
2: and they're built for a purpose, there's probably a little bit more room in them than you used to, particularly with the bigger cab. Hmm. They've got a few cab options. They've got a 1.7-metre day cab, a 2.3 aerodynamic roof sleeper. They've got a 2.3 flat roof and the big 2.8 aero roof sleeper. Hmm. So there's a great lot in this story. Now, once again, go to bigrigs.com.au and have a read of the story. There's a link there to the video as well. Mm. They're not a bad-looking thing inside. You get the, all the options with the big beds and all that sort of thing. I don't know. Mm. You've got to be working in an environment where you get time to go to bed. That's a bit of an issue these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that, anyway. that does make a difference. Speaking of Volvos, as you were just there before, have you seen that video that's doing the rounds online of a fella in a Volvo? He's a B-double basically ripping up the road, comes up behind a school bus, and this kid runs out in front of the school bus?
2: No, I haven't seen
0: that. Mate hits the anchors, and he stops the thing on a dime. It's amazing yeah. how quickly he pulls that thing up, and the kid is running away from it, and he's just keeping pace that little bit behind him. It's heart-in-the-mouth stuff, but impressive.
2: Yeah. Look, there's a lot of trucks out there that are impressive these days, but I'll tell you one thing, in my experience, mate, hmm. they're all just fibreglass and metal at three o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs> you can fall in and out of love with them pretty easy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Imagine so. All right, mate, well, we'll wrap it up there. We're running out of time thought for the week. Yep. I've had to think a bit. have seen a few good ones there, but we'll run with this one. I like this. Thought for the week: Rich people travel thousands of kilometres and spend thousands of dollars just to take a selfie in front of somewhere famous. Right. Poor people achieve the same result by staying home and using Photoshop.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's about how I managed to do it.
0: That's pretty much my holiday snaps. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> breaking news.
2: There is breaking news. Yeah. I just read there before that Stoitz Transport we spoke about ages ago, they were going to court over, one of their drivers lost his life in a rollover.
5: Yep, yep.
2: They've just been fined $490,000.
0: Okay, there's a stunned silence.
2: Stunned silence? Mm. $490,000. The story's up on the Big Rigs webpage, go and have a look.
0: Yeah, indeed. All right, mate. Well, we better let you get back to work. Time's marching on.
2: Thank you very much, Mum.
0: Thank you for your time. You keep it safe out there. How long before you knock off?
2: Oh, I've got another few hours to do yet.
0: All right.
2: You'll be right, mate. I'm heading out west tomorrow.
0: Way out west.
2: I've got to go and see if I can find the drone I lost last Friday.
0: Oh, did you lose your drone?
2: Yeah, I did. I don't. I didn't lose it. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. It's like 30 metres up in the top of a gum tree. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I shouldn't laugh. <sighs>
2: No, it was funny.
0: You need to get one of those ones that come back to you. Well,
2: no, no, I did It was on its way back to me. I just didn't account that. That's all the tree
0: was. <laughs> it's just a tree stepped out in front of it. <laughs> it
2: was a tree stepped out in front of it. And you know what the worst part about it was? It was dead still one of those big silver gums with no branches on it. Oh, yeah. And I'm standing there and I'm looking and I'm thinking, that's not coming down. No. So I'm hoping I get out there for tomorrow and there'll be it laying on the ground under the tree, I'm hoping. But anyway, we'll see. i
0: have to take some pot shots at it.
2: <laughs> okay. I don't or a rifle around with me, mate. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm relieved to hear that. Yeah. All right, bud. Take it safe. Thanks, buddy. See ya. See ya. <laughs> On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rings, Australia's national road transport newspaper.
5: Hi, this is Colin Lilly, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy.
6: Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you doing, just smile and tell them never better.
0: We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well.
2: Time once again for something to talk about, something to think about. There's plenty of articles at the moment going on about potential supply chain disruptions, prices going up in the supermarkets. We all know that the fuel and energy prices go through the roof. We're seeing it at the Bowser every time we put that buddy diesel nozzle into a fuel tank. That's quite scary. What's going on with the price of fuel? The world as we knew it has changed. It's a simple fact. Now, the reasons for it, many and varied. Beyond our control as individuals, certainly. I don't know if it's beyond the control of the government. I think they let a lot of these things happen. But transport has certainly become collateral damage. Some of the things that have happened really haven't helped us a lot we've discovered that we just seem to lurch from crisis to crisis. And some of the old crises aren't resolved. We still haven't solved the Abloot problem. We haven't solved that. That's still out there, that buggy And the price of diesel looks like it's just going to keep going north. As a community, we've apparently lost the ability to make decisions for ourselves. Every challenge that presents itself seems to warrant some form of government intervention or another. Everyone cries, something must be done. And of course the government are more than willing to step in and make some regulation and cram it down on all of us. It's got to change. It really does. It's become apparent as well from my reading that throughout the whole COVID thing that we've just been through, there have been companies that have really taken some serious financial hits. And it's apparent now that some of them have been trading insolvent for some time. Mostly seems as though it's the construction industry, but I've got no doubt it's happening in the transport industry as well. We've had regulations and requirements forced down our throats and had to deal with the whole thing the whole time, and it costs money. It's always cost money. The sad reality of it is that there are some guys now that are just realizing that, hey, business is just not worth doing anymore. And to me, this is one of the reasons why I've had this rash of closures of mid-sized companies. Now, I asked the question whether any of these companies actually tried to sell their businesses in total as a business. And I believe that one of those companies that have recently been auctioned off were trying to sell their business as a business. They had no interest. Transport's been bludgeoned mercilessly for many years, increasing regulation, cost going out of control, intractable customer demand. They've cut the margins to the point where there's just nothing left on the bone. There's no fat there for anyone. And every impost after that has eaten more and more into whatever slim margin that there's been. There are guys out there now who I'm sure are trading insolvent. Now, that is a problem. The feel-good fuel excise cut delivered to the motorists by our previous government in a last-ditch effort, in my opinion, to try and buy some votes has been disastrous for us. Prior to the intervention, there'd obviously been the fuel rebate and there were guys who were using that to sort of offset the GST and basically try and get through. All I've got to say about that is if your business was trading on using the fuel rebate and that was your margin, mate, you're already toast. It's too late. It's harsh, but it's a reality. People are saying that we're heading for our own little transport implosion now. I believe it's true. There are, I believe, 100 fridge vans going to be coming out of the fleet in the end of this month in Brisbane. 100. I don't understand why all this is happening. I don't understand how we've let it get to this. Senator Stirl, when I talked to him and looked like he was going to be the Assistant Transport Minister, had wanted to recreate the Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal. And I do believe that there is a case for that. We do need to have something to probably jerk some things back in the line, but it's got to be done properly this time. And if it is, I'll support it. But we also need to have a representative body of drivers, owner drivers, companies, and perhaps even customers to sit down at a table and discuss what the issues are openly and honestly. The freight task's not getting any smaller. We do have a driver shortage. We've got a number of issues. I spoke about driver retention last week, and I think that I was right about that. And some of the feedback that I've had certainly suggested I was. Perhaps I'm right about this too. Perhaps we need to sit down and talk and get our ducks in a row before people end up in a place where they really don't belong bankrupt. Well, that's something to talk about, something to think about. Stay safe. We'll catch you on the road.
0: multi-golden guitar winner and Aussie country music superstar Amber Lawrence is releasing her seventh studio album next month called Living for the Highlights. Here's a sneak preview with a great new single which will be a featured track on the album. Here's Amber Lawrence with Making Up for Lost Wine.
6: You made me put down my vices. You gave yourself a license drive my life like it was yours to drive even though i never liked it you tried to make this wild girl quiet and i just wouldn't buy it so now that you're gone i'm pouring in strong i'm left to my own devices tonight i'm making up for lost wives.
0: the show for another week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer visit the website at nti.com.au and queensland rail committed to improving safety through engineering innovation and education for more information go to www.qr.com.au be sure to join us again next week when mike says
2: mate you need help
0: and he says Just behave yourself. And our guest says... Don't put this in the podcast. Until then, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.
6: why